Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to Geeking In. I am Jay, I'm your party host, so grab your bob and your beer or your brew, half a sugary and oat milk, just the way you like it, and strap in for conversations about anything and everywhere we want to go. I am joined, as always, by the incredible, by the invincible, by the infamous, our futurist, our Tony Stark. How you doing, T? I'm surprised we're still on oat milk. I thought we'd be back to almond milk by now. And I think the little gap that we've had has made me forget all about the oat milk. And I'm really confused <laughs> that we're not having almond milk. Like, what's going on? Oat milk's the future. Oh. Far more sustainable. Tastes better. Does it taste better, though? Just it's porridge. all about oat milk. It's just porridge. It's, it, I mean, I've, I've not said what it tastes better than. <laughs> I'm good. I'm happy to be back on the show. It's been a little while. Hello, listeners. Hello, Jay. I have missed all of you, and I'm glad to be here talking about geeky stuff. And we have missed you too. And we continue to miss B, who at this moment in time is somewhere on a motorway, uh, lost in the travel. Um, If any of you have seen Good Omens, you know exactly what he's going through. Um, As he drives by, thanking listeners personally, from Hemel Hempstead to Dublin to Oregon and beyond, and asking them to rate, review, subscribe, and share, and get involved in the conversation at Geeking In Pod on both Twitter and Instagram uh, to tell us everything that is happening and going on. Um, and whilst there, you will be able to find the Linktree link that takes you to everywhere we are, including Teesprings, where we continue to sell mugs, t shirts, and masks. And the t shirt designs are well, they're pretty classic, I think. They are, they are ones that uh, don't have a season. They're eternal, if you will. Oh, amazing. And speaking of eternals, uh, Chloe Zhao's new amazing. film, May. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Chloe Zhao's new next film may have actually um, been confirmed. Um, so hot on the heels of... Uh, Eternals, uh, hitting cinema. Um, Chloe was asked about um, whether she would be joining up with Kevin Feige for any other projects. Um, To which she replied, I would. I'll do anything Kevin asked me to do. Um, The conversation then moved to the rumoured Feige Star Wars film. to which Chloe said, hmm, I have to tread carefully with what I say here. Yes, let's just say it's a world I have so much reverence for because it was such an important part of my life. So I'm taking that as confirmed. Chloe's out. Feige's Star Wars film. God, that's just going to be so beautiful, isn't it? If you think about, like, um, all right, so Lucas's whole thing was, um, you know, it's all like banged up, busted up technology, you know, sort of, it, it felt gritty and real and, and rough and stuff like that. And then when he did the prequels, when he tried to make things look shiny and grand and beautiful, I mean, you know, it didn't quite work and maybe the technology hadn't quite caught up with what his vision was and all of this. So you never quite got, I think, that just you know that beautiful landscape of that galaxy far far away um on a big screen like this and the films that we love you know we talk about um last jedi we talk about rogue one you know they're, they're the grittier ones mm-hmm. so i'd love to see this this other take you know of just like just real immense beauty i think it's been done so badly i think um is it return of the Attack of the Clones, where they go back to Naboo and it's meant to be really romantic and beautiful, and it's just just like cringy and awful. You know, I'd love to see a Chloe Zhao take on early old Republic Star Wars. Uh, yeah, or High Republic, um, mm. depending on where they go. You know, even more back into the the, the you know the heyday of the the the, the Jedi. Um, yeah, I mean, there have been some some beautiful scenes in Star Wars. You know, you know that that twin sons in the new hope is still you know etched into my my brain especially yeah. with the with the score kind of you know uh, just welling up behind it 
Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it, it would be a really interesting thing. Uh, the other thing for me, um, having just seen Eternals, is is Chloe Zhao does um, relationships very well, mm-hmm. um, and they feel real um, in a way that a lot of uh, comparing Eternals to a lot of other Marvel films, you feel connections that you don't always you know, that you have to be told about mm-hmm. in other marvel films um uh, so so bringing that kind of into star wars i think would be quite interesting because we've not quite seen that done in, in fact you know they've almost kind of steered away from it in the sense of oh no you know finn and poe that's definitely not a thing and here's his <laughs> rose tico except that's uh... not really anything either and maybe he loves ray um oh that's your brother um so yeah, you know, I, I think that could be quite an interesting kind of um, connection. Um, again, especially if, if we're talking about, you know, the height of Jedi and, and you know, the fact that they're meant to be these these always in control of their emotion kind of uh, roles. Yeah, and in fact, I'd love, I'd love for some of that. Yeah, so actually, the bits of the Jedi we see generally, Jedi good. Sith bad, right? But actually, yep. you know, the deeper side of it, you know, there's there's this, there's this sort of cult basically, and they move, you know, there's the extremes of it, and is is the extreme version of it any good? Where did the rule of two come from, and should it have been followed for the Sith? And similarly with the Jedi, and Jedi doesn't feel love, and all these kind of rules like we got from the prequels. You know, I'd love that kind of exploration of now why that's all bollocks, and yeah, I mean, there was this great idea um, of how the forces. In a concept, in its own concept, a really fucked up thing, where you know you're all, you know, I, I think uh, I've, I've met, talked about it before. On the, I think it's Knights of the Republic too, where the the premise is basically, you know, you are a person who has good feelings and bad feelings, and does good things and bad things, and everyone's kind of in between. And what the Force does is nudges you along further in one direction or the other. So the force wants these extremes of light side and dark side and kind of pushes you in that way. And that's why you get these extremes of Jedi and Sith and things like that. And it's a force that's kind of this malevolent thing, you know, force with it, for, for, force with the force between, you know, in that universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, love, I'd love to see like exploration of concepts like that, especially because Star Wars is back now, right? So it's back in the zeitgeist. It's, it's, it's around, you know, seeing someone light up a lightsaber again isn't going to be mind-blowingly exciting like it was in The Force Awakens, you know, just following Luke's kind Luke's lightsaber around. Was kind of know. exciting in The Mandalorian. It was. That's very true. Twice. That's very true. Very true. That was built up. That was really earned. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, it, you know, there's so much going on with Star Wars. Um, it's time to explore some some deeper concepts, I think, you know, so so go away from the basic rules and, and and turn it on its head a little bit. I think you're right. And I think that the, the Jedi in themselves have to get away from the Captain America, Superman shtick of, of, you know, too perfect, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the chaste and pure, um, you know, and one of the things that, uh, and I, I, I'm not as, as, huge a fan of the Clone Wars as um, many Star Wars fans are. But one of the things for me that I thought was really, really good there was the relationship with um, uh, Obi-Wan and mm. the, the, I want to call her Sabine, I don't think it was Sabine, but the um, the Mandalorian Queen. Mm. Um, and the fact that, you know, he he also had doubts and dalliances and you know there, there's almost a little bit of a retcon in in there in the sense of it's not about not falling in love it's about understanding where your duties are yeah um and and you know everyone knows that padme and and anakin are together and married and stuff um so yeah kind of expanding that out and having kind of a heart in 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 this as to you know something that you are fighting for someone that you are fighting for 
um, you know, what is true connection um, could be a really interesting story to tell. Um, and as you said, it would be beautiful. It, yeah, it sounds like Chloe Zhao is the ideal person actually to bring. You know, what, what was exciting about, I guess, the MCU was bringing in unusual directors to kind of do these things. So Chloe Zhao would bring something interesting. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd also like my Denis Villeneuve Star Wars. I'd like my. Yes. You know. Um, Which, in essence, you'd probably get the test shots for that with June. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I think it's I think we need to now move away from um the sort of Abrams tone pace of it. That was needed for the reboot. That was great that that came. Um and it was all frenetic and action and exciting and that brought it into today's world. And you know, I think my kids would probably much rather watch Force Awakens and a New Hope because the pace of it matches what they're used to. Yes. Um but you know, now that that's settled and now that we're here and everyone's in and we're all signed up to Disney Plus, give us more, give us that different look. I guess there was the um, the recent um, anime inspired Star Wars stuff on, on Disney yep. Plus. Did you recommend it or be recommended? I did. You did, yeah. So, you know, I guess in a way that's kind of testing the waters of, hey, what if we mess with this mythology a bit? How does it feel to you? What if we mess with this style a bit? How does it feel to you? And you know, by and large, very positive reaction. It got Jay's recommendation of the week. So did can't ask for anything more than that, really. No high praise indeed. I mean, you know, I don't give that away just to <laughs> any old thing. Um, no, I mean, I think you're right, and I think there is an understanding, similar with Marvel, um, that there's channels now, hmm. so you can have your um, Abram esque, more um, traditional. Star Wars, you can have your Filoni, Favreau fanboy you know, watching them play with their toys in real life mm-hmm. Mandalorian, you can have um, you know, the ability to expand out and, you know, get into the other stories, like it looks like we're going to get with the Book of Boba Fett mm-hmm. um, and the Ahsoka show you can go back and retcon a little bit of it and, and add the characters in like we've seen with uh, Rebels and Clone Wars, and looks like we're going to get with Obi Wan. Um, so yeah, there is there there's a chance to do something without it kind of being the only Star Wars in town, and therefore kind of you know suffering the ire of you know That's I've right. waited however yeah. long for, for right. Star Wars, and now I've got this, and it's not Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point, actually, and that, yeah, that opens up to, I mean, you'll still get the same people moaning about it, but <laughs> they can then wait another week and go watch the thing they want to watch. Yeah, and you can go, you, you can make them all tonally different as well by having them in the different time zones. So, you know, here's something that happened in the High Republic, here's something that happened in, in the, the Clone Wars time, here's something that happened in between, you know, the end of Return of the Jedi and the beginning of Force Awakens. Here's something that happened a thousand years after Rey Skywalker has has reformed the Jedi Order, whatever. Um, so yeah, you can go anywhere with it, um, which gives them each all distance to to kind of grow. I think that's exciting. Is it, yeah, I'm taking it as red too. I mean, I guess because I just want to believe it. So great. So is this a good point to, to, to spoiler-free have a very quick chat about Eternals? Let's do it. Tell me um, about Eternals, Joe. So I went and saw it last night. Um, it is a Marvel movie um, and sets up future Marvel movies. So go watch it. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting story. I... I, I I I settled on I like it okay. because there's points where I really liked and there's points where I really wasn't overly into. Mm. Um, I So I, I, on an average, I like it. Um, I think it's very difficult in a two-hour story to introduce characters and tell 7,000 years worth of backstory to them. Mm. Um, so it's very ambitious in that. Um, 
I think some of the motivations of the characters are a little bit confusing or one-dimensional. Right. Um, but overall, I think it's 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 pretty fun. Um, it it is by far the most inclusive and diverse mm. Marvel film to date, and it all feels, to me at least, it all felt natural. It didn't feel as if it was, you know, shoehorned in just so yeah. you can high five on something. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, even down to you know Makari being a. a, a a deaf character who who speaks with sign language, you know the mm-hmm. fact that apparently that has triggered an uptake in sign up to sign language courses. Amazing! Wow! You know, just just the tiniest of of, yeah. of nudges in the right direction. Yeah. Um. I so yeah, I, I I thought it was was interesting. I think that the Eternals are an interesting bunch. Um. They to me don't have the the humor and the character to make them kind of break out like the guardians of the galaxy did mm-hmm. um because they're not that group right so um you know so they that, I, I don't think eternals in a james gunn directed written and directed film would work um because they're not those characters mm-hmm. Um, but as I've, I, I was just saying, you know, what, what, one of the things that Chloe Zhao does beautifully, other than just kind of the, the look of the film and the feel of the film, is you do get a sense of family and love and romantic love from them mm-hmm. um, and sacrifice from them, which you don't overly get in marvel films in marvel films it's kind of a you know they're not incredibly good at writing that bit because it's more of a um you know well you know gamora and star lord for instance mm-hmm. they're in love how do you know because we've been we've told you <laughs> um and you know that was one thing that people really kind of struggled with with endgame um was the the sudden you know he's he's so in love with this woman that he would willingly go against the plan and ruin all of the best yeah. planned action, action because he was so emotionally fraught because of Gamora. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I think it earns it um, far better. Um, I think that it's interesting that the baddie has a rationale again okay so well, I, I was gonna ask you about this because you know we i feel like we're in an era of marvel movies where you know we need to now be we expect to be able to sympathize at least on some degree with the baddies understand what they're about they're not just the goodies but bigger so um yeah so without without going into spoilers there are more than one baddie okay um in it um and the 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 main baddie um does have an interesting rationale and does have an interesting kind of you know worth a conversation kind of logic to their actions mm-hmm. um one of the others is more kind of like you know just because mm-hmm. uh which is a little bit disappointing um but no, there is, there is, you know, uh, it, it's it's um, it's an interesting story, and there's an interesting kind of like, you know, what are the sacrifices worth making? Um, debate in it, similar to, but not the same as the Thanos, you mm-hmm. know, overpopulation. I could I could make the entire world live in in or the entire universe live in comfort, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, two post-credit scenes. Okay. Um, both set up different things in different ways. Um, for me, the one that shows the least is the more interesting, 
which is the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the middle one is more about stunt casting than it is anything else, personally. I mean, I've got a different view about mid-credit and end-credit scenes in Marvel films now, whereas, you know, it, it was about, ooh, what's next, what's next? That's, you know, this is the bit where I'm going to find out what's coming. I really wanted to know. Now I feel like, and that's when the films were a little bit further apart and trailers would be a little while away and things like that. We're getting, what, four Marvel films a year now? Something like that? Yeah. So the news is, is pretty rapid. Plus so, TV shows. Yeah, so there's a lot going on. I don't, you know, so just in terms of a teaser to the next project, I'm not like, I, don't, I kind of don't care that much. It's more just, oh, give me something fun. I watched the film, you know, I've enjoyed it. Now just give me a little, something a little fun to walk away on. So I thought Shang-Chi did that really well. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was just, yeah, I was just happy to see like randomly Aquafina is now hanging out with them and, and, and Benedict Wong is now, you know, that kind of stuff. That's the stuff I want now from my post credits and after credit scenes, not here is the teaser for the next film, because I'll see that probably a week later anyway on TV. Okay, so don't bother hanging around for the mid-post credit scenes okay. for Eternals then. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, it's one to watch because it's a Marvel film. It's it's one to try and catch on a big screen because it's beautiful. It's it feels a little uneven. Mm. Um, that was my fear. So have, without having seen it, obviously, my fear was you have so many actors that I want to see. I don't know any of their characters, so it's not. I'm not here going. Oh, I want to see what the Flash does. I want to see what Green Lantern does. But I'm here saying, oh, I really want to know what. I want to see what Angelina Jolie's up to, what Kit Harrington's up to, what Kamal Nanjiani's up to. Um, there are so many. Like I want to. I I will always want more Salma Hayek scenes, and you have such a crazy big cast. But I feel like none of it is going to satisfy me because I'm just going to want more of all of them. No. Um... I think that's a a good instinct. Mm. Um, I, uh, yeah, I I think that's a good instinct. Um, It's it's hard to get everything in, and then you can you can see the people who maybe they could nail down for thirty days worth of shooting, and the people who they could maybe nail down for five days worth of shooting. Um so yeah, I mean it's 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 interesting. Um yeah, one one to watch, but probably won't be my recommendation at the end of the show. Okay. Which is uh yeah, I I I, I cannot wait for you to see it because I'm really interested in you know your take on it. Um uh, are you gonna do a, a spoiler heavy review at the end of the show? Um, probably not today. Um, I think we'll save that if if more of us have watched it by next week, then it or you know the next time we record, and that I think that will work rather than me just kind of cool. waxing lyrical on it. Um, especially if we have slightly different views, is always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also conscious of the fact that this seems to be one of the most spoiled Marvel films in quite a time. Um. And and I know a lot of people are very very kind of desperately trying to avoid stuff accordingly. Mm. So I I think we'll step off of that. Most spoiled film Marvel films of all time, with maybe the exception of um, No Way Home, mm-hmm. which seems to have a ridiculous amount of leaks attached to it, um, which I'm sure Marvel are thrilled about. Mm. But. I guess for us, the big argument um, to come is if uh, the the Feige uh, Star Wars is going ahead with Chloe Zhao, uh, then how long do we have to wait for it? And the answer may be not too long because there seems to be a space in the Star Wars universe opening up. Um, It has been reported that Rogue Squadron 
has been delayed, potentially delayed indefinitely. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, no, Paddy Jenkins. So this Paddy is Jenkins the... A film. What a shocker. The, this is the directed and co-written by Patty Jenkins film. Oh. Um, going doing? to be the best fighter pilot film ever. Um, because as she said in her reveal, you know, she grew up the, the daughter of a fighter pilot and, and, you know, was very keen about telling that story. Um, but it, it was due to begin filming in early 2022. Um, with the hopes of it hitting cinemas in the in December 2023. However, it has been delayed uh, due to scheduling conflicts. Um, and that seems to be because of Wonder Woman 3 getting moved up. Mm-hmm. Um, so Patty Jenkins will be reco- returning to the world of Wonder Woman um, with a film that it has been confirmed to have Gal Gadot and Linda Carter back uh, after Wonder Woman 1984. Um, no word yet as to what Disney will be looking to slot into that December 2023 release date just yet. Um, and as much as we speculate about the Feige project, whether it's ready to go in the next three months, seems a little bit optimistic i would imagine yeah um although we haven't heard anything about um casting for rogue squadron which was due to begin filming in a couple of months i mean i've definitely lost track of all the star wars properly so are we still getting the ryan johnson trilogy allegedly right um, Abrams is fully gone from it now, isn't he? He's not picking up anything else. Yeah, he's he's bad rob- roboting over at HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, um, you know, we've talked about Wonder Woman two, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, way more than I ever wanted to. Ranted and raved about it, um, and close. Ugh, ugh, ugh. I don't know. I like the first Wonder Woman and um, I felt like the issues with the first one were to do with the studio and the fights that Patty Jenkins has had to have to try and get that film made. It, The narrative certainly hasn't been for the second one that the, those were the issues. It was just these are decisions I made and decided to go with and making this film. I'm shocked that they're making a third one um, and yeah, oh, I don't know. Ugh. Patty Jenkins from being delayed isn't shocking at all to me, is it? Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, you know, it will be interesting to see how how quickly or slowly um, Wonder Woman three comes out. Um, given the, the the long delays in. Wonder Woman 1984, not just because of the pandemic, but because of a year's delay because it just wasn't done. Um, Previously, they weren't happy with the CG effects, which when you look at the finished product, you've got to wonder what dumpster fire it was for them to... (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I mean, they must have just animated it in 8-bit. I mean, well, I probably would have gone with that. That's got a certain amount of charm, I think. That would have worked um, for 1984, really. So, I guess the two big uh, Wonder Woman 3 questions that, T, you have to answer is, one, what year are you setting Wonder Woman 3 in? One day. I can't play that game again. So Wonder Woman 2022? Yeah. Okay. And two, how are you bringing back a near 100-year-old, over 100-year-old Steve Trevor in this one? (laughs) Hologram? Ghost? (sighs) Time travel? I mean, yeah. (sighs) Or just shared body experience again. Oh, oh, and all the implications of that. No, thank you. 
<sighs> I mean, yeah, maybe you open it up to time travel. Maybe you have her traveling around. What would be what would be interesting as a story for me is exploring more of the mythical origin stuff. So she goes back and meets, you know, Zeus and meets the gods of Olympus and stuff like that. Wonder Woman versus Olympus would be a cool story. Yeah, so there seems to be a lot of hope of more of a, a, a mythological kind of challenge rather than, you know, Wonder Woman punch. Mm. And yeah, Do you, you bring have... Cheetah back? No, God, no. I mean, no, just, just, just no. Don't bring anything back. You've got Gal Gadot. That's it. That's all you need, you know. She's just gonna play herself and and do what Wonder Womaning she does. Ugh. I just can't get myself excited about this film. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's heartbreaking because we were such big fans of of the original film, mm-hmm. um, to the point where it was kind of the the shining light that came out of. Um, Zack Snyder's Justice League That's was right. the the Gal Gadot. Well, that was before that, wasn't it? It was it was Batman yeah, Wonder Woman. Superman. Yes, yeah, that's, that's where it came from. Is she with you? Um, I thought she was with you. And, and was was just an incredible, incredible film. And then, I I mean, reflecting on it, I think I'm still fairly cross about Wonder Woman 1984. You know, like the lead up to it, we spoke about that film so much. Me doing the uh, the Instagram post, I was just literally Googling Gal Gadot Wonder Woman every week. I mean, I was doing that anyway, to be fair, but did it even more so, <laughs> an excuse for it this time. And then... that's, why, that's why those pictures came out so quickly, is because <laughs> you, had, you had 15 of them on your phone already. <laughs> and we went from there to just like, oh, I can't, I can't, I just can't look at it, I can't. And then the film came out and it was just flipping awful. I mean, it just had zero redeeming features for me. And it was set in the 80s and it had no 80s music. That's just, just fucking yep. unforgivable. Um, so that just that puts me off Patty Jenkins' films like this in general. I feel like there's stuff you should be doing that you that you haven't done. And, you know, if it's not a fight with the studio that's stopping you, and I know Warner is a difficult studio to work with, if when you are let loose and let given you know enough space to do your thing, you come up with really awful stuff. I kind of don't want to see your Wonder Woman or your Star Wars film. Yeah, I mean, so Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. I'm kind of sitting here thinking and you know reliving it. Um, you had Pedro Pascal, hot totally off, wasted. You know, Game of Thrones, hot off. Um, uh, the Mandalorian, um, and you know this charismatic Maxwell Lord, who is drastically uncharismatic. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I love Max Lord. Max Lord is a great villain. He's so funny. Just like. The Max Lord comics, the Justice League International stuff, are the funniest Justice League comics you'll ever read. How do they fuck that up? It's crazy. With charismatic Pedro Pascal, who's amazing in everything. So, then when you're on the theme of funny, you had um, the Lucy Davies character, was it? In the first one? the, the, the Yes. The, the uh, you know and that and and you know Steve Trevor gave you a balance on the comedy. Mm-hmm. In this one, it's all about Steve Trevor giving you the balance for the comedy. However, mm-hmm. to get that as a funny thing, you have to somehow disconnect. A, he's been brought back from the dead. Mm-hmm. B, dead, in the form of his spirit, mm-hmm. his 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 psyche, his his something Mm. is in the form in a different body who is a passenger to everything that happens 
Um, and then you've got Cheetah, who um, I don't think Kristen Wiig did bad with that role, but the logic wasn't there in regards to, for me, wasn't there in regards to you know, why she suddenly was, was this very, very pissed off badass and, you know, lazy in regards to, you know, I, I wish to be the apex predator. Mm. In that case, you are a cheater. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Right. Um, and then just, you know, between that and the golden armor was just such a CGI fest at the end mm-hmm. um drastically disappointing mm-hmm. uh and then um you know the end was wonder woman manages to get everyone to rescind their wishes yeah i know sorry kid who wished their cancer went away yeah uh... but it's all right because she is no longer having sex with her boyfriend yeah there you go that was a real who, sacrifice who technically die. yeah but even then it wasn't her sacrifice it was no. him kind of going you've got to let me go oh. Honestly. you've got to let this person have his body back so yeah it was I, and it does it i mean it drastically kind of kills the excitement for all the anticipation for wonder woman 3 um it's not one I'm. I'm. Look, I mean, I was quite excited for Rogue Squadron. You know, it's it's. If you're going to do it, it's kind of like you know the Flyboys kind of you know thing that could be quite fun. I I I liked Rogue One because it was sideways and you know it was a spy movie and and all the rest of it. So I'm, I'm I was there for the concept. Mm. Um, I was probably more excited about three. Um, so yeah, and and well, Linda Carter being in the film doesn't really, I, you know, I love Linda Carter. I, I I grew up with with her Wonder Woman, and it was brilliant. Um, but you know, we've we've had the cameo. I don't think we yeah, need more exactly. Than... We actually have the cameo, and the thing with Rogue Squadron as well, like the weird promo video they did, sort of explaining why Patty Jenkins should be making the film. That just didn't resonate with me. Yeah. Like, it's kind of this weird connection of, oh, yeah, actually, I'm the real life Hal Jordan. And then I, I don't want, I want a filmmate. I, to be honest, I want a lover of Star Wars and a lover of like aerial dogfight movies to make that film. You know, that's what I want. Not, not, you know, your personal connection to it, to, pilots and stuff. It's very, very weird. It just seemed like a weird stretch. I agree. I agree. Give me Top Gun in space. Yeah. Top Gun on the moon. I mean, I don't that, know what space probably is. looks like, but I'm Top Gun 3. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it feels like it would be a long game. Hmm. It's coming down, it's coming down, it's coming down. Playing, playing with the boys. Yeah. I do love that there are people who don't understand just how homoerotic that scene is. But there we go. We are we are not going to be seeing um, Rogue Squadron anytime soon on Disney Plus, um, which means it's definitely not going to turn up on Disney Plus Day coming this Friday. Um, so yeah, I mean Disney Plus Day feels like a little bit of a weird thing this year. Um, I'm not sure if it needs an entire day in itself. It's it's um, weird. It's weird. That you know, this isn't just you know Disney's Comic Con. It's that it's specifically to our streaming service. We're giving it a day. That's quite strange to me. But it's just kind of almost like a super drop day, mm. which I don't think it needs as a model. Um, 
I mean, you know, we we don't get to see the the, the subscriber numbers, no matter how nicely we ask. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe they're struggling. It, it's also a month or a, a fortnight where um, they've reduced down the first month to one ninety nine. I think it is. Um, so there seems to be a push for numbers. Um, but yeah, it's it's it feels kind of um, a little unneeded from my view. Um, but it does mean that we are getting uh, a couple of programs, particularly in our kind of wheelhouse. Uh, we are getting the streaming launch of Shang-Chi and we are getting uh, Boba Fett behind the, the mask. Behind Either the mask? Those... What, what's that about? So it's kind of a history of Boba Fett. Um, him as a character and, and kind of expanding that out before. Um, yeah, so that just feels him. like a promo for the Boba Fett show. Um, yes. And probably something they would traditionally drop after the show, like the week after, where someone, you know, people still wanting a bit more Boba Fett will go and watch that. So it feels a bit weird them putting it on now. It, I think it's the kind of thing I would watch at the end of the show. Cause, uh, yeah, that's weird. Shang-Chi, great, you know, because um, a lot of people weren't able to see it in the cinema. And it's, it's, it's nice that you could see it, but that's, I don't know, that's not exciting that's not the first time shang chi's being made available to watch um you know disney were doing really like for us in our wheelhouse then i think what there was this period where it was just the next show right so you had every yeah. every was it every tuesday initially every friday wednesday. Then every, yeah. every wednesday that was it and you know it was great it was great having that weekly watch and that weekly thing to talk about and that weekly sort of thing and then it just sort of stopped right and until hawkeye starts that at the end of the month the end yeah. of the month, yeah, um, and that's where I think it's a it's a missed opportunity. Um, so they don't have the adult repeat viewing shows so much, do they? Um, so I'm thinking of things like you know The Office, where people just keep the net keep their Netflix subscription because they watch The Office endlessly. Um, they certainly have the kids viewing stuff for that, um, and kids will watch things on repeat and same show over and over and over again. You know, sort of that's fine. Um, yeah, this is a weird thing to do. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the the star brand that allegedly they're trying to kind of phase out ever so slightly did have some more kind of rewatchable stuff. Um, I know that uh, you were were looking forward to, to rewatching Orville on there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, so it's got bits. Um, I went back and watched a load more of the... Uh, Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors this Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, fair to say that not everything is gold. Mm. Um, yeah, Family Guy's on there, there now. That's probably been my favourite of, of yep. the star shows. Uh, Why the Last Man is star, I think, or is that? Prime? It is. Yeah. Although that over here at least, yeah, cancelled, hasn't it, for season two? It has. Yeah. So Same with Hellstrom. Uh, also disappointing. I would imagine the same with Modoc. Well, Modoc needed to go. Modoc just couldn't find his feet. <laughs> no. Um, I still, I'm still plowing on with Solar Opposites. I'm hoping that comes back for series season three. Um, yeah, I couldn't get through through that. It was just too much of a sort of you know weak Rick and Morty. There, I yeah. There's some some decent storylines in it, but it's it's. Um, a little, uh, a little bit more kind of um, random, which is something when you talk about Rick and Morty. I feel like there's a lot of shows, you know, which tried that. So there's, you know, there's sort of Archer copies all over Netflix, yes. <clears throat> and sometimes it works out. So like Parks and Rec started as, you know, like an Office copy, but became its own fantastic, wonderful show. Um, yeah. And then often, often times, I feel like it doesn't work out because they just try and, especially with the animated stuff, because they animate it in exactly the same style, so it feels exactly the same. Um, of course, it's much, much weaker. Yeah. Um, Inside Job was a recommendation of mine a couple of weeks ago, um, which is another 
animated show on Netflix, which is pretty good. Um, hence the recommendation. But yeah, I mean, it's it's it, Disney Plus days due to have some announcements, although it doesn't sound as if they're intent or they haven't teased any Star Wars or MCU once. Um, more about their streaming plans and, and strategies. Um, the making of Happier Than Ever, A Love Letter to Los Angeles, um, the, a, a documentary about Billie Eilish's concert. Sounds There's delightful. a very weird thing with Disney, I think, in general, where... Ooh, Hamilton. Hamilton's probably the, the one I've, I've rewatched the most on it. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Although since it got onto Disney Plus, big chunks of it go on YouTube, and it's easier just to watch a song if you just want to watch like a song. It's easier on YouTube or Spotify if you're yeah looking to to, to power up as you walk down the street. Yeah. Mm. I feel like with Disney, we're often you know the investor thing bits are bits that are coming to us and I feel I don't know there should be a bit of a separation between these are our strategies and this is what we're up to and um, you know hello you the audience the consumer here's stuff to you it kind of feels weird to be on the other side of that I agree and it is that kind of weird mix in regards to so you've got the investor calls you've got this you've got D23 you've got the various comic cons and then you've just got, you know, the internet, mm. um, their Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Um, it does feel quite um, watered down, I guess, in a way to have something to talk about all of them. And because there is such that cross-pollination of the, the stock and investor news impacts entertainment news, um, yeah. There is there is this weird kind of you know sizzle on all of it. It's all it's all yeah it's all very strange I think. Um, but as long as they keep producing stuff and have the cheaper streaming service, um, <laughs> you know I I can't imagine Jay you or I would be able to get rid of Disney Plus without riots in our households. Um, and that's just me, to be honest. <laughs> I, I do think that between the Marvel stuff, the Star Wars stuff, uh, the Star stuff, and the bits that I go back and watch, like Hamilton, um, I I think I probably watch it more than my kids do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm looking forward to to Hawkeye, um, in its own fun way. I'm looking forward to the book of Boba Fett. I'm looking forward to uh, Marvel, uh, Ms. Marvel. I'm looking forward to, to all of the stuff that's, you know, due to come. So it, it feels like it's safely got my money for a little while longer. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, so Shang-Chi out on, on, on that day as well. And Jungle Cruise that I've not watched yet as well. Oh, yeah. The Rock being The Rock, excellent. Yes, but this time he's he's a boat captain. Ah, and Malibu Stacey's got a new hat, excellent. Mm-hmm. So the guy with the giant Transformer collection behind him, <laughs> and Optimus Prime has a slightly different gun. How how how, how many hot rods <laughs> yeah. in your? <laughs> they don't even sit on the shelves anymore. But this one goes up to 11. Uh, <laughs> dear. Well, we will, we will be tuned in and ready to talk about anything that drops out of there um, as it goes through um, and uh, how it fits with everything that's coming up. Uh, so we will keep you informed of all that's coming up. Uh, however, in the meantime, let's let's probably send you in that direction of, or maybe another streaming service, and talk about our recommendations for the week. Um, T, what would you like to recommend? I will recommend the thing I've been trying to recommend for months now, and just kept failing because other stuff kept coming up. Um, I, I want to. Rec- 
Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, it's a weird one because I tried not to recommend things that I feel like everyone and their mum's watched a thousand times. Uh, but it's just what I've been watching over and over again uh, for the past, I think, few months now. Um, so it's all on Netflix. It's amazing. Uh, it's my, it's one of my comfort shows, and I go I like to go and watch like bottle episodes where uh, and things like that. And strangely, this time round, I'm much preferring the earlier seasons uh, rather than the later ones. So for me, my comfort show is when um, the crew are all really comfortable with each other and they all know each other's dynamics and it's all really settled and I just get to, I like watching you know Picard philosophize his way out of situations and things like that but the early episodes where they're really uncomfortable with each other and they all keep barking orders at each other and there's it's all about chain of command and, and what regulations will and won't allow and they're really unsure of their captain there's a lot of really interesting bits of drama there that I think um, might have sort of skipped over you know, on, on previous rewatches um and even the uniform you know they've got this like awful painful spandex tight uniform for the first few seasons and like the actors were literally complaining of back pain and they replaced them all with with far more comfortable tradition that the uniforms we, we, we probably think of when we think of tng um but it's weird going back and watching these first episodes again because actually these feel more sci-fi and spacey the the, the later ones I guess in a way they're more sort of realistic technology, not just the uniforms, but the things you see. The early ones are just so wacky and weird. It does feel futuristic. Um, so yeah, I, I imagine if you're listening to this show, you'll have you'll have seen TNG cover to cover more than once. Um, but it is on Netflix, and I say give the early seasons uh, a chance as well. I'm not sure how many. How many of our listeners are 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 big Star Trek fans and watchers? Mm. Um, and I don't know whether that there is an element of feeling that it is too dense because of the size of you know how many seasons and all the rest of it. But um, I, I think Next Generation is definitely one to kind of uh, get involved in. It was my it was my gateway drug into Star Trek. Um, it's it's very much the uh, to me it's kind of like the baseline Star Trek. So you know, off so you've got the original series, and that's really weird and wacky, and only lasted three seasons, and they were breaking all kinds of ground in the '60s and stuff like that. Um, but then you've got TNG, which is really stable, and that's that kind of period of the future. And then all the spin-off shows that came on after that. So with DS9 and Voyager, that's that kind of same time period. And DS9 was a hey, TNG, but we're going to throw out the rule book and you can have long season arcs and do all the things that Roddenberry would let us do. You had Voyager, but it's not set in, you know, it, there's no Starfleet politics, it's set very far away. Um, so I, I, you know, and when things like Lower Decks was being announced and Prodigy's being announced, um, you know, it feels like, yeah, you're, you're going to be somewhere around the TNG space. Yeah. Because TNG is the center of Star Trek, you know? If you're going to have something a bit weird, it's going to be TNG, but TNG, but a little bit this. Um, so, yeah, I feel like if you want to get a feel for Star Trek, it's got to be TNG. I'd agree. Yeah, I, I, I think that's um, correct. And I think it's it's one of the more easier accessible ones, not just in the sense of, you know, it's on Netflix, but um, I don't I don't think you need the law in the same sort of way as you need for, for some of the others. No, because it came on, I guess, after, you know, the original series hadn't been on for what, 30 years or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose that the, the movies were happening, but... Um... Yeah, you've not had that kind of show in a huge chunk of time, so you had to reintroduce everything. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 great. It's it's great. It's comfort viewing. It's you know, um, it's not just like pointless space battles and stuff. And and part of that was budget and things like that, but also just the philosophy of the show. It is, it is like you know, debating morality and and the captain's a, a philosopher and a and a diplomat and 
it's it's really beautifully written stuff a very good recommendation um i'm going to recommend uh something nowhere near as highbrow um uh i'm going to recommend dead pixels dead pixels uh, so this uh popped up on my netflix uh over the last couple of days um I thought it looked like a fun little concept, so I stuck it on and didn't realise that I then had just absolutely rinsed the series <laughs> uh, because one of the two series is on Netflix currently. Um, so it focuses on uh, predominantly two friends um, who uh, a couple of years ago uh, made an agreement signed on a napkin that they would complete... Um, a fictional uh, multiplayer role play online role playing game um, called Kingdom Scrolls. Um, so in their little gang, they've got uh, those two and um, uh, a, a, an American friend who come online and play uh, this game, and it's taken over their lives. Mm. Um, so it's seen through. The, the eyes of um, uh, kind of second lifers. So, you know, that's their reality. Mm -hmm. um, there is a very kind of driven completestness to them. So, you know, they're, they're, they're having to kind of grind to get the points to, to earn the coins to win, get the trophies to take on the final level. Um, uh, and there's a little bit of kind of trying to delay the inevitable in the sense of well what what's beyond this yeah um and then there's the element of trying to have real life and you know how much they really need real life um when they have these incredibly successful second lives in, mm. in kingdom scrolls um uh written uh, created by john brown who has recently gone on to uh write succession uh which is getting a lot of love on uh, various things um and did uh fresh meat and um a bit of peep show and misfits previously um so kind of gives you an idea of the sort of comedy um but yeah really easy watch um really kind of um engaging for maybe the wrong reasons characters mm -hmm. um a bit uh, cringy a bit brilliant and it's it's a british comedy isn't it it is, yes. But that sounds really exciting. I'm I, definitely I, watch I go as far as to say it's a very British comedy. Excellent. I'm Jay, not have, sure have how it watched, translates. Have you watched The Guild? It was a web series. I watched a little bit. It recently went on to BBC Two. I watched a little oh. bit of it, but not much. It sounds sort of similar in concept. So The Guild was just a web series. They were like, you know, I think two-minute episodes or whatever. And it was Felicia oh. Day and her mates. Maybe that's not the one I was thinking that just went on to. Um... So, so let me tell you about this one. So this was, um, yeah, it was Felicia Day and um, uh, I think five others. And they formed, you know, they play their equivalent of Warcraft. I think the game's called The Guild. Um, and the whole thing, as I said, it was a web series. So it was just all filmed on like their own webcams. And mostly it's like oh, okay. talking to each other through webcams. Um, really short episodes. They're sort of, I think, five minutes at max. Um, so you can burn through them really quickly. Uh, but they're really, really fun. Um, and how they eventually sort of start to meet each other in real life. You know, they've all, all got their avatars just so massively different than um, than their real life personalities and things like that. And uh, what matters to all, you know, one of them is a, is a mother of these children and, and one of a mother and basically she can't stand her own children. There's a huge thing around that. It's very, very funny. Um, uh, so it, it's also something you could probably burn through in an evening, um, given that the episodes are so short and they're like, you know, I think six episodes per season or something. I, uh, yeah, it sounds very similar. I was thinking of The Watch, which is um, described as a punk rock comedy thriller inspired by Discworld. Uh, that was on BBC Two fairly recently, um, uh, but yeah, no, it does sound fairly similar. Um, although, yeah, just kind of a little bit ridiculous. So, um, yeah, give it a check, see what it's like. But, um, Definitely will do. 
I'm now going to see if I can hunt down series two rather than have to wait for it to turn up. But um, yeah, that will do. That will give us uh, some things for us to watch in the, the gap between here and when we come back to talk to you again. Uh, so in the meantime, get involved again in the conversation at Geeky and Pod. Tell us what you're watching. Tell us um, how you found uh, Star Trek. Are you are you already watching? Have you already seen? Or is this something that you're embarking on? Um, uh, what did you think of the Eternals? Are you excited for Wonder Woman 3? Have we got it wrong? Um, and we will come back next week to talk to you about more and more and more, including anything that comes out of Disney Plus Day. So until then, continue to look after yourself and each other. We'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Adios. Cheerio. <laughs>